Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different. Different. This is NOCO FM. Developing a success mindset. How can we attain greater success in our work, leadership, and lives? Ryan Gottfriedson has the answers in Success Mindsets in his new book and in our interview today here on The Spark. Ryan is a mental success coach and a cutting-edge leadership consultant, author, trainer, and researcher. Currently, he is a leadership and management professor at California State University, Fullerton. Ryan holds a PhD in organizational behavior and human resources and is here with us on this episode to teach us about how to cultivate a success mindset and change our lives and in that help change the world. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. So how are you, Ryan? I'm glad we finally got to connect. I know. I've been great. It's been a busy fall, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I got to dive into the book a little bit. Not as much as I want to. I'm definitely, this is, this is one of those books where I want to read it and read it. It's got so much to offer. I, I want to talk with you today, Ryan, about why is mindset so important? That's such a huge question. But the reality is, is that our mindsets are the lenses that we use to view the world. And how we view the world shapes how we navigate in our world. In terms of the research that I do around mindsets, over and over again, what we're finding is that mindsets shape how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. And that's everything. Uh, you know, so when we talk about trying to ignite people to live a, a more full life, we've got to start at our mindsets because they're the most foundational aspect of who we are. How, do, how does our mindset first get set up? Are we born with a certain mindset? Do we develop it? What, what happens? Yeah, it, it comes about just through the experiences that we have in life, the context in which we find ourselves. You see, I, I mean, I describe mindsets as being mental lenses, but what our mindsets really are is that they're neural connections within our prefrontal cortex. And our prefrontal cortex is, is the place where all of the information goes from our senses. So if we feel something, we taste something, we smell something, it goes to our, our prefrontal cortex, and it's our mindsets that filter that information. And so our mindsets play two primary roles. They identify what information we are going to hone in on. And then second, they cause us to interpret that information in very unique ways. So that's why two people can encounter the same situation, yet interpret different aspects about it. And even if they, if, even if they pick up on the same cues, they could interpret those cues very differently. And depending upon that interpretation, shapes then how they think, how they learn, and how we behave. So I like to describe our mindsets as our mental fuel filters. And if we could improve our filters, we can improve everything. So how do we become aware of even what our mindset is? I mean, I, I know that, you know, in talking with Dr. Bruce Lipton, that so yeah. much of our, the way that we think is subconscious. So like 90 to 95% about what we think about is subconscious. So how do we become aware of these mindsets? 
you're, you're getting at what I feel like is my mission, at least at the moment, is to help people awaken to their mindsets. Because I don't, I, I would guess that most people would say mindsets are essential for our effectiveness and success. But where they largely have questions is what mindsets do I need to have? I mean, if, if we were to go out and talk, and I do this all the time, just talking to groups of people, I ask them, what mindsets do you need to have to be successful? I get one of two answers at almost every event. The first answer is somebody says a positive mindset, which I can't disagree with, but it's just not very specific. The other answer that I get is crickets. Nobody answers. And, and that's really problematic because we can't awaken to things about ourselves until we have a label that we could focus on. Because once we have a label, now we can describe it. Now we can define it. Now we can see how that impacts our lives. And so my mission with, with my book, and I've got a mindset assessment on my website that anybody can take, is, is to help people awaken to their mindsets. So what I've done is I've, I've dove into the academic literature on mindsets I found mindsets that have been studied for decades, and then what I've done is just put them together into one framework that helps us to better assess what our mindsets are and see, okay, what is their quality like? Are these really positive mindsets, or do I have room for improvement? And across my mindset assessment, so I've had about 10,000 people take my mindset assessment, only 5% are in the top quartile for the four different mindsets that I focus on. So it suggests that people, we just don't know how to focus on our mindsets. And when we don't know how to do that, then we shouldn't expect to be great at it. And, and so most of us have room for improvement, myself included. Tell me a little bit about your own journey. How did you find out for yourself what your mindset was? And as you started to develop this idea of what these essential mindsets are, how did that help you in your life? Yeah, I'm going to answer that in two parts, if that's okay. Of course. So the the first part is just me going about living life. And I think, and at least this is the way that I was, is I thought that my thinking was the best way to think. So, I, and I think everybody's like that. If we thought we could think better, we would have done so already. And so one of the things about my upbringing that shaped my mindsets is I grew up essentially an only child. In many ways, my family life revolved around me. And, and this caused me to be rather self-focused or what I now label as being inward focused. I see, I had a tendency to see myself as more important than others. And I didn't see that as a bad thing because it came so naturally to me. And I just kind of figured everybody was like that. And then I picked up a book written by the Arbinger Institute called Leadership and Self-Deception. And it focuses on the difference between an inward mindset and an outward mindset. And what I came to realize was that the lenses in which I was viewing myself and others caused me to interact with them in a less effective way. So that was from a, a practical standpoint. So that was about in my early 20s when I came across this book and it started my, I'm going to call it my self-awareness awakening. Uh, as I went into my doctoral program, uh, which I did in organizational behavior and human resources, I studied leadership. 
And what I found in the study of leadership is for the last 70 years, we've primarily been focusing on what leaders need to do to be effective. So been focused on leadership behaviors. And, and that's what my dissertation was on. But it didn't sit very well with me because, and my guess is you would probably agree with me, that leadership is more than just doing the right thing. It's about being a certain type of person. And so for the last six or seven years, that's been my primary focus with my research is how do we tap into the being element of who we are? And that's led me to mindsets because at the end of the day, what I found is that's the most foundational level of who we are. And, and so uh, that's, I kind of came to uh, an awareness of mindsets and their importance, both just through my own awakening journey, but then also through my research and, and trying to figure out how do we best help leaders and people become more positive influences in the lives of others? Well, and you talk about, I believe his name is Alan in the book. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's such a great example of someone who's in a leadership position, but he doesn't quite get it. Yeah. And, and I do you care if I just switch the example? Sure. Yeah. Whatever okay. example is best. Just because there's an example that just happened in the news recently. And, and there's a little bit of backstory to Alan that that uh, might take a little bit to get into. But okay. in the news the other day, and I don't are you a football fan by chance? Barely. Okay. <laughs> Which is okay. okay. It's, uh, it's just fine. So there's a gentleman who is the president of operations for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the NFL football teams, Tom Coughlin is this president and he's the former head coach of the New York Giants, uh, won some Super Bowls with the New York Giants and he retired as coach and then the Jacksonville Jaguars ha hired him as president of operations. And historically, the Jacksonville Jaguars haven't been very successful. And so if you kind of put yourself in Tom Coughlin's position, you're, you're going from being a head coach to now president of operations, you're moving to a different football team. I mean, we just got to assume that his perspective is, I want to help this team get better and to be successful, right? Would, would you right. kind of make that assumption? Yeah. And I think that's how all leaders are. We get put into a position. It's like, I want to do my best. But here's the thing that's really interesting. So he's been president for the last couple of years, and he's known to be a disciplinarian. So, for example, I saw in the news that if you're five minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And there's fines associated with this. And so the Jacksonville Jaguars make up 3% of all of NFL's football teams. Yet, what it, over the last year, 25% of the complaints to the Players Association has come from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so here we've got a leader that is trying the best that he can, but through his, because of his mindsets, his mindsets cause him to make decisions that are in the long run are detrimental to the football team. And so it, the, the case in my book of Allen is that exact same situation is here's a leader who's trying his best, but because of his mindset, it causes him to think, learn and behave in ways that while they make sense to him are actually detrimental and he's not aware enough to recognize it. So like in your own journey, when you were just talking about, you know, you, you had this awakening and you became aware that. You, you had, as an only child, been more self-focused or inward-focused, as you said. 
How then becoming aware of that and, and having this awakening, how did that affect your life? And how is this effective for people like the Jaguars coach? Yeah. So for me, I, it, it now provided just something that I could introspect on. And any given moment, I could ask myself, am I being inward or outward? I could ask myself, am I seeing that person that I'm interacting with as a person or do I see them as an object? And, and this is just, it develops the skill of metacognition, our ability to reflect upon our thinking, how we are presenting ourselves to the world and how we are impacting those around us. And, and so that metacognition for me has just been critical and I would never be able to do it unless I just had labels or these short little questions for me to do so. So that's one, one way that we can kind of step out of our automatic programming, our non-conscious automatic processes, and, and overwrite them with more conscious and intentional processes. Um, so that's for me. For somebody like Tom Coughlin or Alan in my book, is what one of the things they've got to realize is that they've got one is that their best at the moment may not be their very, very best. And until they just become open to that idea, they're never going to be open to the idea of seeing things in a better way. And, and so it's not uncommon for organizations to hire me, you know, a head of HR will come to me and say, Hey, uh, we've got some leaders that are really, they're just creating a really bad environment. And I don't know what to do about it. And so that's why I said, well, I, I think I can be of some help. It's not a guarantee because everybody has their own ego and their own blocks. But I've got my mindset assessment that will allow them to compare their mindsets to thousands of others who have taken the assessment. And this gives us very objective information about how they naturally see the world and how they're likely to navigate their world because of those mindsets. And with that objective information, this is now something that they can't really refute. Um, and, and if we have the ability to sit down and talk with them, walk them through their results, it just allows them to get at another metacognitive level, uh, which enhances their self-awareness. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's making me, you know, I, I think of the phrase that once the light of illumination is shed, darkness, the darkness being, you know, our subconscious mind, we can't go back into the darkness. Yep. So, so once people are aware, like these behaviors are not serving me and these mindsets are not serving me, then they're able to do something about it and, and through a more conscious approach, tweak, alter those mindsets. So that they exactly. are serving them and then serving their customers or serving the people they interact with. So there's really this bigger impact. For sure. What we're doing is we're making the unconscious conscious. And the more that we can do that, then the more intentional we can be about how we operate, for sure. I love that. that. That's a huge word that I use in therapy is that it's not about like relationships are not work, they're intention. Yeah. And our own self-growth is no different. It really is having intention. And sometimes the intention is just to look inward and see, like you're saying, what beliefs are really taking us to a more successful level or what's really hindering us? What are our blocks? What are the thoughts that are really keeping us from living the life that we want to? Yeah. And let me give you just let me give you four kind of questions uh, that get at desires that we might have 
that may not be serving us very well, but we think that they are. And so there, there's four desires that we can introspect is, and here's the questions is, do you desire to look good? Do you desire to be right? Do you desire to avoid problems? And do you desire to get ahead? Right? So as, as you ask those questions, it's almost like everybody could answer yes. I mean, another way to think of that, I mean, who wants to look bad, be wrong, have problems and get passed up? Well, nobody. But and so but the thing about these four desires is they're attached to the four negative mindsets that I focus on. And when we have those desires, we are actually in self-protection mode. And, and the reason why they are negative and they lead to negative downstream thinking, learning, and behavior is because they're focused on ourselves. And oftentimes we come about having these four desires, not because of bad intentions, but just because that's where, it, where society tells us that we should go. And we don't recognize that there's a higher level of thinking. There's higher level desires to have. So instead of wanting to look good, a higher level desire is to learn and grow. Instead of wanting to be right, a higher level desire is seeking to find truth. Instead of wanting to avoid problems, a higher level desire is to reach goals. And instead of wanting to get ahead, a higher level desire is to help those around us to get ahead. And those are those four more positive higher level desires are the ones that are attached with the four more positive mindsets that I focus on. And so that's just how often do we sit back and allow ourselves to question our innate desires? Because we just have a tendency to think that our current desires are the best desires that we, we can have. And we're just sometimes not aware of the idea that we can have better desires. So if we have the more negative mindsets, it's not because we're bad people or we want to do bad things uh, or want to get in our way, our own way. It's just that we don't understand that there's a better way. And if we can help people awaken to that, then we, that's when we unleash their potential. One of the things that I talk about a lot, and I know Tony Robbins talks about this a lot, it's the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. Yeah. So it's, it's like waking up in the morning and saying, oh, what do I got to do today is very different than how can I make today the best day possible? Yeah. And so that's what I'm hearing in this with you. It's like looking at, we can just tweak that a little bit to make it a higher quality desire that really is going to serve us and serve the people around us. Yeah. And that's the key is, and that's what I feel like I'm learning in my own mindset journey as I, historically I've been on the negative side with all of these mindsets and, and I feel like I'm more on the positive side. I've definitely got work to do, but the more I find that I'm focused on the positive side, which is much more of an outward approach where I'm in what I would call organization advance mode or mission advance mode, as opposed to self protection mode. Um, when I, when I'm in this organization advance mode or mission advance mode, then I'm really seeking the benefit of those around me. And the more that I do that, just the natural consequence is I get benefited. 
is I get what I was originally seeking before, but in a much easier and quicker way, really a much more efficient and effective one. And I imagine there's a deeper emotional component of fulfillment with that as you're lifting other people up as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's what drives me now is I used to think, oh, man, I when I was starting up my business, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to hire a new employee or I don't want to bring somebody on because that's going to eat into my profits. Like it's a, it's a cost. And the way that I've tried to look at it is I have, I want to bring somebody in because I could enrich their life, both through the work that we're doing together, but also because I'm able to work at such a capacity that I'm able to contribute to their livelihood. Uh, and, and when I'm, when I'm focused more on, making sure that their livelihood is great and less about my own profitability, then we're, we're both better because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Tell us what the four success mindsets are. All right. Yeah. So we've been kind of teasing for a while. Right. 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 Um, these four mindsets, they come from different disciplines. Uh, so from psychology, education, management, and marketing. Um, the first, I just kind of figure we could go through each of these sets, uh, identify kind of the negative side of the continuum, and that's what they are, is their continuum. So we got negative side and positive side, and we'll kind of describe each of those. How does that sound? Perfect. So the first set is the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. So this is probably the most well-known of the sets of mindsets that I focus on. Carol Dweck has done some fantastic work uh, with these mindsets. Now, when we fix is on the negative side, and when we have a fixed mindset, we don't believe that we and others can change our natural talents, abilities, and intelligence. But when we have a growth mindset, we do believe that we can change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. And the reason why this just innate, it's called an innate belief matters, is because if we don't believe that we can change our talents, abilities, and intelligence, what happens when we fail? Well, when we fail and we don't believe that we can change, we're left to interpret that as though we are failures. And, and we don't want to be failures. So when we have a fixed mindset, we want to avoid failures at all costs. That means we're going to run away from challenges because that challenges mean that there's a high likelihood of failure. Now we're going we're gonna to put forth less effort. And we're not going to be as persistent. Can I give you an example of yeah, this? Yeah, yes. Um, so my freshman year of college, I went, I went into college, I moved away from home, get into college and I'm thinking I want to be a pre-med major. So uh, medical school sounds great. And, uh, so I signed up for the weeder chemistry class, my, my first semester. And it, it was a class that was actually taught by the guy who invented sticky notes when he worked at 3M. So this really brilliant guy. And it's, it's a weeder class. And I ended up struggling. I mean, I got the worst grade I'd ever received up until that point. I got a C. I'd never gotten a C before. And at the end of the semester, my fixed mindset said that that C said something about my talents and abilities. It said that I didn't have the talents and abilities to become a doctor. I was thinking in terms of have or have not. And this C grade made me a have not. And so my net just through that the lens in which I viewed it, then my option really only became, I need to change my major because I don't have what it takes now. And that, that's what I did. And had I had a growth mindset, I would have approached that very differently. I would have gotten a C grade and said, wow, 
Well, I guess my study habits aren't up to snuff if I want to make it to medical school. Maybe I need to double down on my study habits, right? So here's a situation where kind of going back in time, I, depending on my mindset, could have viewed that challenging situation in one of two ways. And, and depending upon my mindset, it took me in one direction as opposed to the other, which ultimately limited me in ter- terms of my future and my potential, and particularly aligned with my goals. And so that's an example of how I went with what I thought was the best of course of action, but it ultimately limited me in what I was trying to do. It's like having a growth edge and leaning into that and saying, I'm not afraid to fail forward. And looking at that failure is actually information of what you could do differently instead of defining yourself as I am the failure. Exactly. That challenges and failure are opportunities to learn and grow. When we have a growth mindset, we realize that success is going to come on the other side of some sort of a mountain. And so if we ever want to get there, we've got to take on the challenge of climbing the mountain in front of us. It's those with a fixed mindset that just back away from the mountain and they never get to the other side where success lies. everybody, this is Adrian from Feminist Hot Dog, and I want you to join me and my awesome guests as we put the fun in feminism. It's true. On Feminist Hot Dog, we explore all the ways feminism makes the world a better place, no matter who you are. So come hang out on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Mountain on NOCO FM, and don't forget, love yourself and love your buns. See you on Wednesday. Your support means the world to us. Hi, it's Dr. Natalie Phillips from Connecting a Better World. Everything we do here at NOCO FM is member-supported. From the music we play to our original podcasts and live shows, all of that costs money to produce, and we can't do it without you. Become a member today and invest in the programming you enjoy so we can create more together. Learn more at noco.fm. So that's the first is fixed versus growth mindset. Yep. And if we're in fixed, I think too, that when I, when I hear that, I always think about that's like, I hear this in couples a lot. Like that's just who I am. You know, instead of saying, no, we all have this growth edge where we can change the way that we view things and see things like you're saying, our mindset. And then as we change our mindset, it changes our behavior and then changes our lives. Exactly. Right. So you could say that's who I am, or you could say, Oh, it looks like I've got a habit that I need to change. And, you know, changing habits isn't the easiest thing in the world, but it's also very doable. Um, And and so if we could just understand that and and be able to sit with some discomfort for a little bit, that's all the difference. Right, exactly. And so that's where it's at. Sometimes our growth edge is uncomfortable. And I'm glad that you say that because when we're in fixed mindset, it can feel very comfortable because that's how we've always thought. And so to change some of these habits of thought 
it does take some time and some effort and some intention, like we've been saying. And once you do, though, if you can tolerate the discomfort for a little while, the rewards come in so much more fully and you're experiencing life in such a much fuller and richer capacity. For sure. Yeah. So let's go on to the second mindset. Yeah. So the second is the difference between closed and open mindset. So closed is on more of the negative side. When we have a closed mindset, we're close to the ideas and suggestions of others. When we have an open mindset, we're open to others' ideas and suggestions, and we're willing to take them seriously. And having an open mindset doesn't mean that we can't take a stance, and it doesn't mean that we have to go with whatever other people say. We can always have a stiff back. But when we have an open mindset, what we're doing is we're just creating a soft front. We're just allowing the opportunity for ideas to come in and just to be able to sit with them. Not that we have to run with them, just to sit with them and often validate them to those that are giving the, the ideas to us. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I, there's, when I think about a closed mindset, there's just people that I know that come to mind. And they're generally people I just don't care to associate with because I know that I can't get a word in with them. And so it, it makes me, it's made me wonder, why do people develop a closed mindset? And, and I used to have much more of a closed mindset than what I have now. So I was, in, in many ways, I was one of those people. And, and what I've learned is that people develop a closed mindset when they believe that what they know is right. Because when we believe that what we know is right, we want to be seen as being right. So we're going to be the one that's providing answers. We're going to avoid feedback. We're going to avoid seeking different perspectives. Now, why would somebody have an open mindset then? And the difference is, is those that have an open mindset leave room for space for them to be wrong. When we can leave room for the idea that we can be wrong, rather than wanting to be seen as being right, we want to find truth and think optimally. So instead of being the one providing the answers, we're the ones asking the questions. We're seeking feedback. We're inviting new perspectives because that's the way that we get to truth and optimal thinking. Uh, so that's the difference between the two is, is essentially do we believe that what we know is best or are we open to the idea that we can be wrong? And that leads uh, to pretty huge differences in how we navigate our social situations and make decisions. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It sounds like there's a component in this where people are going to have to get their egos in check a little bit. For sure. There's a great book uh, by Ray Dalio. He's the founder uh, of Bridgewater Associates, the largest and most successful hedge fund ever. And his book is called Principles. And he's got a, a really cool online series um, that's uh, principles for success. And it's like eight or nine different three minute segments. And both in that, in that series, as well as in his book, if you got more time, read the book, he talks about how we have two barriers to our openness. One is an ego barrier and the other is a blind spot barrier. And it's not until we, we can kind of be open to reducing the barriers caused by those the ego and blind spot barrier, not until we reduce those barriers, can we be open? And, and so you're just right on is it's oftentimes it, what it is, is our ego getting in the way because what we, we think what we know is best. 
Well, yeah, and that, that was actually going to be my, my second note was we all have blinders. We all have blinders to our behavior and to our mindsets. And so when we can start becoming open to other people's feedback and working with our ego to be like, okay, this, this doesn't have to define me. This doesn't have to be, you know, I'm a failure or I'm right or I'm wrong. It's like, I have a different experience. I'm looking at this through a different lens. And when we can kind of get that and invite other people's ideas or suggestions in, getting away from this right or wrong, which is one of the ego constructs, like you were saying, like, I always have to be right. And just yeah. saying, you know, what, I'm going to hold this over here as my experience. And then I can listen to yours. And then we can validate each other's and maybe learn from each other instead of one of us having to be wrong and one of us having to be right. Yeah. Uh, just our primal brain essentially wants us to have certainty and and that desire for certainty and our oftentimes the discomfort that comes with sitting with something that isn't certain or sitting with complexity uh it, it is it's uncomfortable and until we could get used or or at least willing to sit in that discomfort we're going to just be biased in our thinking and processing. And so that open mindset allows us the motivation and, and the ability to sit in the discomfort that comes with uncertainty of not knowing that you know everything. And, and we should be okay with that more than what we what we are as a, as a general public. Well, and the cool thing too about that is if we're able to sit in that uncomfortableness and we are open to other people's ideas, I think part of what you're saying too is then we can gain so much more knowledge from yeah. interacting with others. And so it actually enhances our own truth as, as we're growing, like you said, in searching for what the more collective truth really is. For sure. And the, Google did a massive study about uh, seven, eight years ago. It's called Project Aristotle, where they tried to identify what made their top performing teams top performing. And they found that it was one factor, one primary factor that made their top performing teams top performing. And it's what they call and what most of us now call is psychological safety. The belief that you can speak up and take risk without fear of negative repercussion. And the only way we're going to have psychological safety is if our environment, the people in our environment have open mindsets. And unfortunately, right, that's that's not something that we always come into contact with. So my hunch too, though, is as we develop these open mindsets and we're working with other people and you're doing the work that you do, you're, you're helping to spread this awareness and helping to develop this more and more throughout our world. Yeah. Again, it's easy to justify the idea that we want to be right. I mean, society tells us we need to be confident. We need to have the answers. But that pressure fuels that closed mindset. Yeah. Yes. Let's go on to the third mindset. I want to make sure we fit all of this in. This is such great information. So the third set is the difference between a prevention mindset and a promotion mindset. So prevention is more on the negative side. And the way that I like to describe these is I want us to imagine that we're a ship captain out at sea. And if we're a ship captain out at sea and we have a prevention mindset, our number one focus is on not sinking. We don't want any problems to occur. We don't want to take any risks. We don't want to rock the boat. And so when we have a prevention mindset, and that this is kind of our thinking, and a storm comes on the horizon, how are we going to deal with that? Any thoughts? Well, we're going to avoid the storm at all costs. 
Exactly. Right. So we're going to go to a place where we're safe. Yeah. But is that place the place that we intended to go when we first set out? Absolutely not. Usually not. Right. So that's the difference. So when we have a promotion mindset, it's not that we're not concerned about sinking. It's our number one priority is on getting to the destination that we set out for. You see, so when a storm comes on the horizon and we have this promotion mindset, we ask ourselves, does that storm stand between me and my destination? And if it does, then we, we anticipate the problems that are going to occur. We batten down the hatches and we become willing to take the risk of going through the storm. We brave the winds and the currents of the sea because we know that's the only way we can get to our destination. And, and so at the end of the day, those with the prevention mindsets end up in a place where they didn't decide. Those, it's only those with the promotion mindset that end up in a destination of their own proactive design. And, and that's just an incredible difference. I mean, imagine the, uh, the people sailing from England over to America on the Mayflower. What if they hit a storm and said, oh, I don't know if we want to go to America. Let's just hop over to Portugal. Like, come on. <laughs> right. right? So, I mean, that, that's a great example. And I'm curious, like in our day-to-day lives example, what, what would you say? Give us a, a real-life example of what that might look like if someone was actually going with a promotion mindset. Now, we, I'm pretty clear about what a prevention mindset, the person would stay back or they wouldn't do something. Do you have an example of that, Ryan? I'm battling with one right now. And so I'm, I'm trying my best to kind of walk my talk. Uh, so I've got a, my book success mindsets is officially hitting bookstores in May and, and I want it to get out there to help people with their personal awakenings. And, and so I've got a mission, I've got a destination to, to help people in my mind. And, and I want, I see the book as, as being a, a critical component of that. And I am now trying to figure out how do I best make have this book make the impact that I believe that it can have. And I was presented recently with an opportunity to do a marketing campaign. And and there's a lot of, you know, going into this. So to keep the story short, but the marketing campaign is a $50,000 marketing campaign. And I don't have $50,000 to spend on a marketing campaign. But I could see a lot of value and I could see how it can add value that it's really an investment in my future in a wide variety of ways. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, but there's uncertainty with that future. Don't get me wrong, right? Because I've never, I'm kind of sailing away from England towards America and I've never been there before. I don't know what it's going to be like. So it's scary. And so I'm, so for me, I, I made the decision, I'm going to, I think that this is going to be a big deal for my book and for my future. I'm going to make the investment. So I last week I sat down with my banker at the bank and said, how do I get 50 grand? And we worked out a plan and we're still trying to, you know, see it through to uh, fruition. But I, this is something I would have never done because it feels so unsafe. Like if I, if I, my prevention mindset, my historical prevention mindset is telling me, don't do it, run for the harbor. My promotion mindset says, this is a storm in front of you, take it on. And and so this has been a battle going on within me. And I've kind of just said, I've got to talk my walk. I don't, 
I almost don't care what happens because I need to practice what I preach and we'll, we'll see where it goes. But that's, that's what it takes to navigate a successful future. In my mind, you've got to take steps into the unknown. And that is really scary at times. Absolutely. It's our caveman brain, right? The fight or flight that says, stay home. Don't yep. take the risk. Yep. It's scary, but, but really that's the only way that we can get to the destinations that we truly desire. Absolutely. And reach our potential. Yep. So I want to make sure we get to that fourth mindset, that success mindset. So this is, and we've kind of talked about it already. It's the difference between an inward mindset and an outward mindset. So when we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as being more important than others. And this causes us to see others as objects. They're either vehicles to get us where we want to go or barriers standing in our way. So when we have an outward mindset that we are able to see others as people and value them as such, their needs and wants matter just as much as my own. And, and when we can see others as being just as important as ourselves, now we value them. And they feel that we value them. And, and that's a huge difference. And so let me kind of give you an example of this. I would say, as I mentioned earlier, historically, I've had more of an inward mindset. And I don't know where you're at in Colorado, if you have much of a homelessness problem. But here in Southern California, we've got a pretty big homelessness population. And so it's not uncommon for me to pull up on a street corner and see somebody asking for assistance. Historically, my inward mindset would cause me to see them as not doing their best. And when I see them as not doing their best, I'd be quite critical of them. And I'd really be, you know, I'd kind of think, why don't they do something with their time, like get a job? And what's my likelihood of helping them? Well, it's pretty low. But what if, and, and this is a, a question that was spurred by Brene Brown in one of her books, is what if I were to see them as doing their best? And when I try to see them as doing their best, it causes me to ask the question, what in the world has happened in their life that has caused them to think that this is the best way to live? And when I ask myself that question, I get incredibly empathetic. And I am much more likely to help them in the way that is probably best for, for both of us. And so that's the difference is in one situation, I was seeing the homeless people as objects, barriers in my way. In the second example is when I saw them as doing their best, it made me see them as people with needs and really deep needs, which, which made me more inclined to help them. Does that make sense? That actually gave me the chills. I mean, that's, that's really a beautiful example. How will that help us become more successful, not just as leaders or business people, but how do you feel like that helps us become more successful as human beings? Our life is built up of relationships. And since we are an infant, we've been reading others. And the thing, primary thing we've been reading is, do they value me or not? So we have become really adept at figuring out, does this person in front of me value me? Do they care about me as a person? And if we sense yes, we want to attach ourselves to them. We, we're kind of almost go to the end of the earth for them. If we sense no, then we just kind of want to keep our distance. And, and so 
how do we want to navigate life and the relationships that we have? Do we want people that want to attach themselves to us or do we want people that kind of keep their distance from us? And that's, to me, a primary aspect of life, let alone leadership, right? Absolutely. Well, Ryan, I want you to, if you will, wrap us up with what, number one, how do people find out more about your book? How do they find out more about your work? And again, the the book is Success Mindsets, Your Keys to Unlocking Greater Success in Your Life, Work, and Leadership. How do people get a hold of you? My website is probably the best place. It's ryangoffordson.com. Right there, you could take a mindset assessment that'll give you your results uh, of these four different mindsets we've talked about compared to the about 10,000 other people who have taken the assessment. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. If you want to connect there, that would be, that's probably where I'm most active. But, but really, I, I hope that this is an opportunity to just kind of dig deeper within yourself, dig introspectively and help that help the unconscious to become conscious so that you can better navigate, as the book says, your life, work, and leadership. And G-O-T-T-F-R-E-D-S-O-N. So people can find it on the web. So Ryan, thank you so much for being with us. This is just awesome information. I wish I could have you back on the show again sometime. There's so much here. Just I want to dig into deeper. I feel like we just scratched the surface but what awesome, awesome information for people to help them live their best lives. No, thank you so much for the opportunity to help me fulfill uh, what I feel like is my mission. And thanks for being a partner in that. So as we just learned from Ryan... Our mindset is essential to our well-being, not only our success, but truly our well-being and inner success in life. I think that the importance here is also taking inventory and looking at what are your limiting beliefs. When we get in touch with what our limiting beliefs are, we can see how we've adapted, perhaps in some places, a negative mindset. And then the importance of being able to catch that when it's happening to really be able, I think too, like Ryan said, taking his assessment online and being able to look at what are my mindsets? Where am I on those four mindsets? And what needs a little tweaking? You know, we all have a growth edge. We all have the ability to change our mind and then change our mindset. So really looking at how do my thoughts how do my beliefs, and then how that connects to my actions and interactions, how does that serve me or how does it not serve me? This is such an important topic. I just think that it's important we realize that also our minds are absolutely malleable. That means that we can absolutely change from a more cynical mindset or a more closed mindset to a more open one and one that actually helps us manifest the positive things, the positive results that we want in our lives. Even if it's not business success, we all want to be successful human beings. And a piece of this really is doing an inner inventory and even talking with people who are our close friends that could give us feedback and let us know, you know, I, I notice this about you. Um, this is one of the ways I notice you. 
being closed, or this is one of the ways I notice you showing up in the world. If you feel comfortable talking with someone and you're willing to be vulnerable, you can get such a wealth of information and really be able to do that inner search so that you're able to say, I'm going to change my mindset. And there's so many ways in which to do that. I'm a huge believer in meditation. I'm a huge believer in affirmation. But once you realize what those thoughts are that you want to change, adopting a positive mindset is a daily practice. And so it's really starting to program in what are the thoughts that I want to believe? What is the mindset I want to adapt? I love the idea of listening to something amazingly positive when you first get up in the morning, something that helps set your mind and literally prime it for the day. And the same is true at the end of your day. What do you want to marinate on for the next eight hours? So there's all these opportunities where we can work on changing our mindsets. And as we change our mindsets, we really change our inner selves. And what a great gift to give yourself in the new year, the new you with a new mindset. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James. This has been a production of NOCO FM. 